I'd like to welcome back Franklin Allen to Knowledge at Wharton. He's an emeritus professor of finance at Wharton and now a professor of economics and finance at the Imperial College of London. Thank you for joining us, Franklin. It's my pleasure, Steve. Uh, What I'd like to discuss today is the U.S. dollar, which uh, could be used as a lens in some ways for analyzing some of the key issues in world markets right now. The value of the dollar, of course, has big implications for level of world growth and very importantly, emerging market dollar-denominated debt. Also, many people view the dollar as a bit of a proxy for how the U.S. is performing overall, including under the new administration. So uh, if people lose faith in the dollar, they might sell the dollar off and buy gold or other currencies or other investments. Um, And at the same time, if the dollar appreciates too much, that can affect the level of growth here in the U.S. Uh, there was a recent Financial Times article that noted if uh, the if the U.S. dollar went up by 10 percent, that could knock uh, uh, a half a percentage point off of GDP growth. So that's a- another interesting thing. Um, and it's a little bit hard to figure out right now because there's a lot of pointers in the direction of uh, the dollar getting stronger, such as economic growth has been pretty strong, and it looks like it's going to get stronger, especially if the administration passed a stimulus package. They're also talking about deregulation, lower corporate and personal taxes, tax, corporate tax forgiveness, all these things, it would seem, and uh, other things being equal, would have a, an upward, put an upward pressure on the dollar. The stock market has been doing well. That seems to draw money in, increase the dollar. And of course, the Fed has been talking about wanting to raise interest rates, and anytime they do, that that makes for a stronger dollar. On the other side is the political things that are happening. President Trump has uh, been talking about uh, an interest in a, in a weaker dollar, which is unusual, and, um, and also um, sort of saber-rattling with some of the U.S.'s major trading partners, uh, Mexico, China, uh, Japan, Germany, and, and, and other Euro countries. So I, I, given all that, it's a, it's, there's a lot of contradictory stuff. But uh, what's your view of the landscape? What and and how important is is it to look at the dollar to figure out what's happening in the world and what's likely to happen going forward? So I think it's fairly important. I don't think it's hugely important, but it's it's certainly one of the important things. I, I think. Uh, you know that probably the main driver is the difference in interest rates around the world for the for the short run at least, and uh, how things like the stimulus package and so on will play into that. So, if they do pass a big stimulus package, then my guess is that the Fed will raise rates faster than they otherwise would have done, and that will have an effect. So, uh, we'll we'll see whether that gets passed, what the timing of that is, how the expectations for that play out. The other thing which I think is important is what happens in the other countries in terms of interest rates, so in particular in the eurozone, whether that continues to stay where it is or whether the growth that started to emerge leads to some ending of the quantitative easing and raising of rates going forward. All of those, I think, will be very important for where the dollar dollar ends up. I, I think the trade policy of Trump will also play an important role. So we've seen clearly some aggressive moves against uh, Mexico in particular, but also towards uh, Germany and 
to a lesser extent, maybe Japan. And then, of course, the big one is China, and that's been a little bit on the back burner with uh, everything that happened after the uh, after he was elected, and in particular the call from the president of Taiwan and the, the, the issue about the one-China policy and whether it would be continued. Hopefully the, the, the talk last night will mean that uh, between President Xi and President Trump will mean that that, that now it, it, that issue's off the table and we can focus on trade. So I think there are, there are lots of things going on, as your introduction indicated. But as I say, I, w- I would stress, most of all, the interest rate movements and also then next, the, the trade movement. Now, uh, one key thing is that if the dollar were to appreciate uh, quite a bit, uh, then there are a lot of emerging market countries out there that have a lot of dollar-denominated debt. And we know, we can recall that in the past, the Asian financial crisis of the late 90s and the Latin American crisis of the early 80s, uh, both, uh, in both cases, the dollar had a role to play in those problems because they had a lot of dollar-denominated debt, which, uh, which suddenly... Uh, became very expensive when they had big devaluations of their currencies. Could you talk about the risks uh, in emerging markets right now uh, if the dollar were to go up and also maybe which which markets, which countries are, are most vulnerable and how vulnerable they might be? So I think that potentially is something to worry about. I think that the key issue is the, whether the extent to which they have dollar denominated income from exports and uh, various other sources to offset their dollar debt. And I think it's the net positions rather than the gross positions that that are important there. Uh, so, you know, a country like uh, Korea, I think it's, it's less of a problem than some of the other countries which are, are borrowing in dollars because that's all they can borrow in. So, uh, I would say there's wide variation in that, but I think that's something people need to to keep an eye on over the next uh, year or two. Franklin, we've all seen that um, President Trump is very concerned about um, trade with Mexico, um, although I don't think that the trade balance with Mexico is nearly that uh, uh much of a, of a negative position as it is, say, compared to Japan or China or something like that. But, but in any case, um, there, there's talk of, uh, of putting some kind of tax or tariff uh, on imports. And I'm just wondering uh, if this is um, – if this, what effect this would have both on Mexico and the U.S. and just sort of as a chilling effect on, on trade in general. I mean – Part of what I've read suggests that it, it won't be very effective because the dollar may just adjust in a way uh, that would uh, w- that would have a zero net effect in the long run for these kinds of things. Yes, I mean that's what people have argued that, but that's in an ideal world that it would adjust. Whether or not it that'll happen in practice, I think is, is still something that we don't have a good sense of. I think if they do do something like that with Mexico, then it, it will potentially cause big problems because so much of the world's trade now is on supply chains. And really a lot of what's happening in Mexico is, is, is supply 
supply chains. And if, if they get disrupted, then people can be very reluctant to to invest in those kinds of things again, and that, that could potentially have a very big effect. So I, I guess it's tied up with how they want to renegotiate the NAFTA agreement, and I, I think we don't still have too much idea what exactly their tactics on that one are going to be. So there's also the wall and paying for the wall and all those issues uh, bubbling away underneath some of these things. So I think it's going to be a while before we know how how that plays out. But it is it's potentially disrupted, not just for Mexico, but for many other countries where people are using them as part of a supply chain. When uh, we, we mentioned China, but to go back to it for a bit, uh, that was a real whipping boy for President Trump during the primary season. Uh, and he talked about uh, their currency being undervalued some Analysts and critics said, well, that was true years ago, but it is actually isn't so true now. And in fact, although it is true, I think that the uh, Chinese currency has been depreciating somewhat against the dollar uh, more recently, but probably for good fundamental reasons. Can you just talk about uh, your view of, of um, how accurate the uh, relationship between the dollar and Chinese currency is now and uh, – how much merit there is to what uh, the administration has been talking about regarding China? My own view on the RMB dollar exchange rate is that it depends a great deal on the capital account flows uh, as well as, as the current account flows. I think too much of the discussion focuses on the current account flows and and the deficits that the U.S. has with China. But what we've seen, as your question indicates, is that, in fact, in recent months, there's been a weakening of the RMB uh, as the dollar strengthened. And so the the notion that they're manipulating it it is somewhat valid, but they're manipulating to keep it valuable rather than to keep it undervalued. And I think that's to a large extent because of capital flows coming out of China. And as long as that continues, it's likely to be weak. And I think what we have to see is how capital account convertibility plays out in China. I mean, they've said they'll do it, but the time frame is very important. And as long as there's money coming out in the kinds of quantities that there are, I think they'll be reluctant to to do it anytime soon. So, my own view is that that that's the big issue on on uh, the RMB dollar exchange rate. Uh, also, uh, with Japan, um, there's been some jawboning by uh, President Trump about the, the currency differences, and then perhaps coincidentally, there was an announcement by Japan that it would uh, invest, uh, that it was willing to invest, make certain investments in the U.S. that would create hundreds of thousands of jobs. Uh, But just what are the merits of the argument that uh, Japan is still, I I say still because this was an argument that goes back to the 80s, but that Japan is manipulating its currency against the U.S. dollar? So they do intervene more than than most countries in the foreign exchange market, but I think this is more to smooth the movements rather than to have a fundamental effect. I, I think the, the one 
major achievement of Abenomics was to was to move the exchange rate so that the the yen did effectively devalue against the dollar. So, but I don't. I, I think that they really are trying to uh, stimulate the economy, and it, that this was a side effect rather than the main reason for doing it. So, I, I would say that they aren't manipulating their, their currency, and uh, that the charges that um, that the Trump team is making are are not particularly valid with respect to Japan. Yeah, I think back when they first instituted some of those changes under Evonomics that uh, that the IMF actually gave them the blessing to go ahead and, and, and do that, as I recall. Yes, I mean, I think the view was they've had such a bad time for such a long time that we should give them a free pass on that. So, um, But, you know, it, it, it's an interesting one because... It, Brexit basically has done the same thing for the pound. So the pound's devalued substantially, and the economy's now doing quite well, partly as a result of that, I think. So these movements in exchange rates are driven by a wide range of things. And I think that the notion that countries are doing these things on purpose is probably not a valid one in most cases. Uh, the uh, the final case I wanted to chat about uh, is Germany because um, didn't expect to be talking about Germany until uh, President Trump came out and accused them of uh, of undervaluing their currency, which of course is the euro, which is of course most of the continent uses. Um, I mean, there have been criticisms that Germany has benefited from uh, a relatively low euro um, because it's a a big uh, exporter, uh, one of the biggest in the world, uh, and so uh, that that if it had its own currency, that currency would have gone up a lot, and that would have balanced out its uh, uh, trade with the rest of the world. But also that the, um, that uh, Germany has been criticized for not spending more within the EU to take some of those gains and to spread it around, as it were, and try to stimulate uh, the rest of the EU. But but in any case. Uh, uh, I think I've noticed that Germany doesn't totally control the euro. So what's going on when you actually go head-on against Germany um, and uh, and accuse it of manipulating its currency? Well, I think this is this is one of the most interesting questions because it's not just in in this aspect, but also, of course, if you look at some of the other things that the Trump administration has been stressing, like spending at least two percent of GDP on defense for NATO members, Germany's also one of the biggest violators of that. So they're having a tremendous amount of pressure put on them, I would say. In terms of the economic aspect, I guess I would be more sympathetic to them in the sense that the euro is not controlled by them. That's controlled by the ECB. And I would think if if they could do anything, they would uh, want the ECB to raise rates. They, they've been complaining bitterly about the penalty that German savers have been facing because of the low interest rates the ECB is setting. And, of course, if they were to raise interest rates, the, the euro would probably appreciate significantly. So I, I think it's a misplaced charge. You know, my own view on... Um, 
should they be spending more? I, I guess that's a sort of a mac- macroeconomic view based on uh, inflexible prices, and whereas that's um, some merit to that in the short run, in the long run, I, I don't think it's particularly valid. And the one thing we know is that Germany has been running surpluses in the long run for many decades now. They're incredibly competitive. People love their goods, and so whatever the exchange rate is, they seem to do well. So, uh, I, I, as I say, I think in this case, the, the, the Trump uh, issues that raised are, are not particularly valid. So then I guess my last question would be, what do you think is going to happen to the dollar over the next year or two, given uh, the pressures I mentioned at the outset that would suggest uh, that the dollar would go up at least somewhat, and then the uh, opposite pressures, at least so far, of the new administration suggesting they want uh, a softer dollar and uh, and also uh, kind of saber-rattling against our trading partners when it comes to their currency uh, in the hopes of in improving the U.S. trade position. So I think a lot of things are already priced in that you've, you've discussed, but the one thing that we do definitely know is that forecasting exchange rates is one of the most difficult things to do. And there are not many people that can do it very well, and I'm certainly not one of them. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it strengthened, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it weakened. So I think there's just so many things that can happen in terms of the Trump program that can make it move either way. There's some trade issues that we haven't seen play out very much yet, particularly with China. But there are also a number of um, other things like security issues and so on, and how Congress reacts, what what they do about these um, border taxes that we talked about and so forth. So there's just so many things. It would be very difficult to, to project what's going to happen. Okay. And then uh, just, uh, I'll just stop here, but offer uh, a chance for you. If, if there's anything else you want to want to bring up in connection with all this, we, we have time obviously. So, uh. so, so I would say this, this issue about the border tax of, of making um, exporting exports non-taxable and uh, imports non-deductible is potentially a big thing. It's not, I mean, the Republicans seem to be pushing that hard in Congress, but it's not quite clear what Trump thinks about it. But that that could drastically change a number of things. Uh, One would be the dollar, but also uh, the relative positioning of of firms will, will, will change quite a lot, I think, if anything like that happens. We'll see whether it does. Um, Quite how the WTO will react to that is also up in the air, I would say. But I think that's a a big issue. When you say it it would could bring big changes for firms. Could you describe just in broad strokes? Well, the exporters like Boeing and so forth Mm -hmm. are going to do wonderfully well, Mm -hmm. and the importers like Walmart are going to do pretty badly in terms of their taxes. So um, that's one aspect. Whether or not it'll change how they proceed in terms of, of importing less and exporting more, I think, is a, an open question. I, I'm not sure how, how much of the effect there will be. 
Well, thank you. Thanks very much. Thank you, Stephen. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.